Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. How sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he brings, but greater still the calm assurance. This child can face uncertain days because he lives, because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives, oh, Resurrection of Jesus. Today is Resurrection Day. Praise God. Well, 
the resurrection of Jesus is probably the greatest event, the greatest occurrence since the creation of man. One of the most notable miracles that has happened since the creation of man. The devil thought he won, and we will go into that, but after three days, Jesus rose triumphantly from the grave. He is risen. The resurrection of Jesus is um, a, a, a defining or was a defining moment in the history of man in terms of the hopes and aspirations of the church. The resurrection was a defining moment, the resurrection of Jesus. Because as I said before, many men died. Many were crucified. Jesus was not the only person that was ever crucified. But none of them ever rose from the dead. Jesus declared himself. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so when we uh, get in touch with Jesus, when we're um, serving the Lord, then we are partnering with resurrection and life. But you know, many people, particularly Christian believers, sometimes get carried away with the excitement of the resurrection and the feel-good part of the resurrection. It's okay to be excited about the resurrection. We have to be excited. But some uh, people just get carried away with just the feel-good part of it on a Sunday like today. But the impact and the effect of the resurrection of Jesus is, is not felt and has never been felt in their walk with the Lord. And it is important that we correct that, that we don't just celebrate the resurrection on a day like today, but the impact, the purpose, the effect of the resurrection take root in our life. So it's like you've always wanted a car in your life and, and you get a car, but it sits in your driveway and you wash it every day, but you never have any papers for it, so you never drive it. It just sits in your driveway, you look at it and say, man, I have a car, but it can't take, can't take you from point A to point B. You, yeah, you have a car, but it is not really serving your life. It is not really meeting the needs. It's not really impacting your life the way it ought to. Yes, you might receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, but we would like and the kingdom of God would want for the impact of the resurrection to positively affect your life where results can be uh, produced in a very, very potent way. You know, if you are inspired, but you don't know what you're inspired about, that inspiration won't last long. So Paul said uh, one time that God hath made us abled ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. 
for the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. And so today we want to receive of the life that the spirit of the Lord gives, especially through the resurrection. We repeat the scripture. You have heard it quite a few times since we started um, on this platform. That the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So the resurrection of Jesus is to enable us to walk in victory over sin and death in our lives. And to walk in victory generally in this life and we will get back to that in a in a moment but i want to just take a moment to connect this service to our good friday service as it's a, it is a follow-up to the good friday uh service and we did share that death is powerless where sin does not exist okay Sin causes death. So where there is no sin, death is powerless, has no dominion over you. When you sin, you open a door to death, for death to reign. And remember, we made the point that uh, when Jesus was to die for our sins, because he had no sin in his life, there was an issue because death couldn't kill him for want of a better way of saying it. So in order for him to die, the Bible said the Lord laid on him the iniquities of us all. So he could die. Now, I want to remember this point because it is going to serve us further in, in, in this session here. But I want to also bring your attention to um, when Jesus was born. It's amazing because remember, he was born without sin, not like the regular man that is born according to Adam's transgressions. So from the day Jesus was born, they wanted to kill him. Herod heard that a new king was born and Herod wanted to kill Jesus. And let me just segue a little bit and, and, and say something on that because in a kingdom, a, a king cannot be voted out of power. The only way you can get a king out of power in a kingdom is for that king to die. So a kingdom is not, not like a democracy where you vote people in and out of power. The only way you can get a king out of power in a kingdom is for that king to die. That is why when Israel um, had a bad king, they had to suffer until that king died. They couldn't change. So follow the point here. Herod was the king. So when he heard that 
King Jesus was born. <laughs> that immediately bothered him. Why? Because if Jesus was going to reign as king in his mind, then he would have to die. Because the only way Jesus in his mind could reign was for him to die. He knew the, um, the protocols and principles of kingdom. But what he did not know is, was that Jesus wasn't after that kingdom. That Jesus had his own kingdom. And Herod tried his best to kill Jesus. But because there was no sin in his life, in Jesus' life, death could not get a hold of Jesus. In other words, what I'm saying is that Herod made a decree that all males under two years old should be killed. And all of that was done because he was after Jesus. <coughs> Sorry. And they went about trying to kill Jesus. But because there was no sin in his life, they couldn't kill him. And for 33 years, they wanted to kill Jesus. 33 years. They took up stones. They, they took up clubs at different times to try and kill Jesus. But because there was no sin in his life, death could not get the better of him. Where there is no sin, there is no death. That is why when we transition from this life into the next life, there will be no more death because there will be no more sin. And I'm saying to you today that even though we live in this life, you can walk in victory in your life knowing that when Jesus rose from the dead, he demonstrated victory over sin. Therefore, the sting of death has been put under subjection. So it is always best for us to try and uh, not sin. And if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So we ask forgiveness so that we can be in a place to speak to any death that is lurking in and around our lives or our families. So as we proceed into uh, this message for this morning, we're talking today about the message of the resurrection. What's the message that the resurrection of Jesus is sending to us? 
Yes, it's good to dance and celebrate and jump and share and all of that. But in the long term, in practical terms, in reality, how does it apply to our lives? Well, when Adam was created, he represented more than just an individual or himself. Adam was the face of the human race at creation. But even more than that, more than being the face of the human race of creation, God put all human beings in Adam. So he was representing all human beings because all human beings, the entire human race was in the man Adam. First of all, he was created and yes, he was an individual, but he carried a responsibility that was much bigger than being an individual. And I, I want to prove that point to you that the human race was in Adam. If you notice, when God wanted Eve, he never went back to the earth. He went to Adam because he had placed all the human race in Adam. So he went to Adam when he wanted Eve. And it's out of them that they, oh, the, both of them started to multiply, hence seven and a half billion people on the earth as that multiplication continued through the generations. So Adam represented all human beings. That is very important. And uh, before I even press on, I want to make the point also that all of us as human beings were in God first. Ephesians 1 verse 4 speaks to that. That we were in him. So what God did was to breathe into Adam, according to Genesis, the breath of life. Now, that was a significant moment because there was a big deposit that was made into Adam when God breathed into Adam. The technical term of today is download. So God downloaded the human race in Adam. God breathed into Adam. Not just breath as in um, carbon dioxide and oxygen. Um, it was more than that. It was a, a deposit from God that was made into Adam. So therefore, anything that Adam did would affect every human being that would ever come on the face of the earth because all of us were in Adam. So Adam's mistakes, Adam's transgressions did not just affect the man Adam singularly. It affected the entire human race. 
So, as I said, whatever God, um, Adam did would affect every human being. So when Adam sinned, automatically, because all of us were in Adam, all of us sinned. And God said to Adam, the day you sin or you disobey, you eat of the fruit of the garden that you're not supposed to eat, you will die. So Adam sinned, all of us sinned, and Adam died, and consequently, all of us died. That is why you will hear terms like, we, we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. You'll hear those terms because Adam sinned on our behalf even before we were born. So because sin caused death, I'm taking my time to repeat some things because I, I don't want you to miss the essence of what I'm saying. Because sin caused death, when Adam sinned and he died, we also sinned and we also died because we were in Adam. Anything he did uh, affected us. So we had a, 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 a problem. We died, <laughs> follow me, we died before we were even born. What a state to be in. Before we were born, we died. Adam died for us, consequently causing us to die. So we were in bad shape. And what do I mean that we, we died? It means that our opportunity to maximize our potential and to become our best and to live in Eden as Adam lived before the, the fall was severely compromised. Our ability to become all that God intended for us to be was canceled because we died before we were born. We were separated from God before we were born. And this is exactly why you have to ask Jesus to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life if you're going to get born again because you're born dead. You're born separated from him. So now it's your choice whether you stay separated or you willingly reconnect with him. We died, meaning that we were hopeless. We were dead in trespasses and sins. The Bible says we were without God and without hope in this world. And I want to take a moment to read a verse out of Ephesians. I want to read from Ephesians chapter, uh, we're going to read Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1 down to verse 3. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 down to verse 3. Amen. We're going to be able to get that on screen, Madam Post. If not, we can read. Ephesians chapter 1, 
and we're going to read from uh, verse, no, Ephesians 2, I'm sorry. I have to get my glasses to read, so <laughs> uh, pardon me. Book of Ephesians, praise the Lord. Ephesians 2, look at that. He says, and you have he quickened, reading from the King James Version. The word quicken means to make alive. So why would he have to quicken us? Because we were dead. How did we die? Because Adam, we were in Adam, and Adam uh, died on our behalf, so to speak. So we were born dead. So here Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and saying, you have he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So you see what caused our death? What surrounded our death? Trespasses and sin. You have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Look at verse 2. Wherein in time past you walk according to the course of this world. What was the course of this world? Death. According to the prince and the power of the air. Who is that? Satan. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now, follow me. The children of disobedience are those who died from Genesis even though they were not born. That is to speak to everybody today and have not changed their, step, their status from death to life. How you change your status is to ask Jesus to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. So, wherein in time past, he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh. So we talked that kind of way because we didn't know better. We didn't know the conversation of the kingdom. We didn't know what the word of God said. So we had our conversation according to the lust of the flesh. But today, praise God, we have our conversation according to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have our conversations according to the word of God, according to being alive in Christ. So it's a serious problem if you're alive in Christ, you're born again, and your conversation is according to the lust of the flesh. No, some things need to be corrected quickly there. So among whom we also, we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath where did we get that nature from from adam the adamic nature because all of us were in adam and were by nature the children of wrath even as others let's just read verse four i was going to stop out Let's read verse 4 and, and, and um, let's go down to verse 6. This is beautiful text you can read when you get a chance. But God, who is rich in mercy, praise God, 
we're not talking about rich in money here. Uh, of course, God is rich in uh, everything. But it's not rich in money that, that is doing this part. I mean, the, the heaven and the earth belongs to him. He owns it. But we're talking about rich in mercy. That even though we legally died in Adam, Adam acted on our behalf in that way. He looked at our state. He's rich in mercy and his mercy flowed to us for his great love wherewith he loved us. Remember what we said Friday? Greater love hath no man than this than for a man to lay his life down for his friend. So even when we were dead in sins, Hath he quickened us together with Christ, made us alive. By grace are ye saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. You know, all of that is possible because of the resurrection of our Lord. That's what we're talking about. We give God thanks. Somebody should say, just say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says that because of one man, ah, because one man caused, because of one man's transgression, death passed upon all men. And we're going to read that scripture in a moment. But because of one man, uh, because one man caused the entire human race to die, then it was possible that one man could also cause the entire human race to live. One man caused it to die, so one man could cause it to live. But here was the challenge. Who was that man that was going to cause it to live? We know who caused it to die. And if all of us were born dead, then it needed someone with life to triumph over death because death can't triumph over life. So because we were dead, we could not bring life to the rest of the human race. Hence, Jesus became our substitute because this man had to deal with death and sin and us being held captive we were not in a position to help ourselves because we were dead i heard the prime minister of britain uh maybe yesterday thanking the medical team that worked with him and was saying to them that he owed them his life because as he experienced COVID-19, it was one of the most challenging time in his life. And may I just inject in there that the, the doctor that headed the team that worked with Prime Minister Boris Johnson of Britain was born, is a born again Christian, glory to God. So that gave him much more chance of recovering because it wasn't just medicine, but the life of God was being transmitted into him. 
Now, what I'm saying is that Boris Johnson, Prime Minister Boris Johnson, found himself in a place that he could not help himself. In fact, he was at home and they had to move him to hospital and move him into ICU because he couldn't help himself. He needed the help of others to come through this. I am saying that we were dead in trespasses and sin, dead. We couldn't help ourselves. How many of you have, how many of you have ever seen a dead man help himself? I know everybody here has been to a funeral before. Have you ever seen the dead carry their own casket and all that kind of stuff? No, the, the dead cannot help themselves. So we could not help ourselves. That's why the Bible said we were destined for hell and for destruction without God and without hope in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, we who sometimes were, for, were far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. So the first Adam... Um, you know, I don't know his last name, so I just have to call him Adam. <laughs> the first Adam was the beginning or he was the beginning of the old creation. All right? And he caused us to die. But the Bible speaks of a last Adam. The last Adam is the beginning of the new creation. Or, sorry, he started the new creation because he was beginning before Adam came. So he's head of the new creation. The first Adam was the beginning of the whole creation. The last Adam uh, started the, old, uh, the new creation and put our lives back together so we can have hope again that we can rejoice in God and be all that God wants us to be. I want to read um, just another passage from Romans chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 12 down to verse 17. Romans chapter 5. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and who is that one man again? Adam. All right. By one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So you see what we've been saying? Sin caused death. And the man Adam was responsible for causing sin to enter the world. And sin caused death, caused him to be separated. And so look what it says. So death passed upon all men. For that all have sinned. You might have a little baby now and say, my baby has not sinned or whatever. Uh, we're, we're talking about from Adam's transgressions. So read verse 12 again. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, that one man is Adam, and death by sin, so death has passed upon all men, all human beings. And that men there is not speaking to male man it's talking about mankind for that all have sinned all have sinned in the sense that adam has sinned on behalf of all of us of course many of us have committed sins of our own but we were born dead according to sin 
verse 13, for until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed where there is no law. You know, when God created Adam, there, was a, there were a lot of stuff that were created. Adam did not create death. The devil did not create death. God actually created death, but it was dead. If, if, if you understand what I'm saying. So God created it, but it was dead. So what he told Adam is that if you sin, you are going to activate death. So death was dead, but when Adam sinned, he activated death and death started to have um, impact on the lives of men. So it says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. He activated it and it started to reign. It got out of control. Even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come? But let me see. Verse 15, but not as the offense. Let me get my screen away from, uh, thank you. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. In other words, one man caused death, one man caused life. The old Adam from Genesis was created in Genesis caused death. Jesus, the last Adam, gave us life. And that life, though, could only be possible because of his resurrection. Because if Jesus had died on the cross but wasn't re resurrected even though he shed his blood he would not have activated all that he did on our behalf. So look at verse 16 and not as it was by one man that sinned so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses to justification. Thank God for giving us a new life, new lease on life. Verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. By one man, the first Adam, we died. By one man, the last Adam, the greater Adam, we live and we are able to reign in life. So the, the resurrection 
is about giving us victory over sin and death. Or we can say over death because it's really a package and death culminates everything. So the resurrection gives us victory over death. Now, between the time that Jesus died on the cross and the time that he was risen, three days, three nights, in the uh, heart of the earth, there were a lot of activities that took place. It wasn't a case where Jesus was laying down in that sepulcher for three days. I mean, in terms of his spirit and his body and soul and everything. The body was there. But there were actions in the realm of the spirit because Jesus had some things to deal with during that time. In other words, put it this way. Remember that uh, Adam sinned on our behalf and caused death. And the devil was the one that caused Adam and Eve to disobey. So the devil really had the handle on death, so to speak. So what Jesus had to do in this whole process was to take back that handle of death that the devil had. So that now the handle was not in the hand of the devil, but was in the hand of the kingdom of God. Because we can't allow the devil to have an upper hand on our life. So between the time Jesus died on the cross, when he gave up the ghost, and the time that um, he was risen for the de from the dead, there were a lot of things that took place in the spirit realm. So while they were taking down his body from the cross and doing the burial, uh, the burial, putting him in the sepulcher, and um, they were busy uh, putting security measures in place to make sure he didn't come out of the grave and all of that. Some other activities were taking place in the realm of the spirit. And here is one of the things that happened, the main thing that, that was taking place um, during that time. Of course, the Bible says that the, 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 the lives of the Old Testament saints, Old Testament saints um, were, were rescued and all of that, but we won't go into that avenue uh, this morning. One of the main things that was happen, happening was an invasion of hell took place. There are different words used for hell in the scriptures. One, one is Gehenna, um, Sheol, um, Hades, uh, different words used for hell. And one of them speaks to the grave, the heart of the earth. And uh, we're going to be doing this study down the road. So um, just stay tuned. I will tell you about that so, uh, maybe at the end of the, the, the message. But yes, when Jesus died, he went to hell. Now, we're not talking about the version of hell yet as in the lake of fire or the eternal 
separation in terms of the lake of fire burning continually because the devil is not there yet. He is to be cast into the lake of fire according to Revelation. So that's not the hell we're talking about. We're talking about the, the, the hell as in um, the Sheol and the heart of the earth or put it this way, a, a, a space where the enemy had dominated and headquartered his activities. Where he was running the kingdom of darkness from. So an invasion of that space took place in the realm of the spirit. That invasion was led uh, by Jesus. And I can see when Jesus went down there, you know, the enemy, Satan, was trembling. Because Jesus did not ask permission. He did not go through um, the, the so-called protocols that the kingdom of darkness set up to go into um, the heart of their headquarters. He went down there. I almost want to say like a real bad man, but, uh, you know, we don't want to use that term so much. But um, he went down there as the master, as the omnipotent power. So, obviously, when Satan would have seen him, he would have thought he would be trembling because, one, for a king to step into your place like that, another king to step into a king's place like that, mean that, he has some power over you. Means that he has the better of you. Because there is no way Satan can step into the kingdom of heaven like that. So when Jesus went there, you could see Satan trembling. Because maybe he thought at that time that that's the time Jesus was going to cast him in the lake of fire. Because the Bible said Satan will be cast into the lake of fire that burneth perpetually at the judgment. So he probably thought that that was the moment that he was going to be cast into the lake of fire. So he was there trembling. I, could, I can hear Jesus said, okay, not quite yet. You know what I'm here for? The keys. I know Jesus didn't ask him any permission, so I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Jesus probably just yanked them keys from him, just took them and said, give me those. And stepped out of hell, leaving them embarrassed. If you think I'm making up the story because it just sounds weird, I want to read two scriptures to you and close, showing you how God worked by his spirit. Because if the devil was allowed to keep the keys, we would be in trouble, would still uh, be dead, so to speak. But Jesus, in his wisdom, rescued us. Now, just before we read, I need to make the point also that Satan made a big mistake because he thought that by 
killing Jesus, you would take away the possibility of us being redeemed from death. But what he did not know was that the only way for us to be redeemed from death was for Jesus to die. So the Bible said that if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Satan was outsmarted. Thank you, Jesus. Let's read Colossians chapter, uh, uh, where we? Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to read from verse number 13. Book of Colossians chapter 2. Verse, uh, yes, I think we're going to read from verse number 13. Uh, two. Uh, this is chapter three. Yeah, Colossians two. Uh, yes, verse thirteen. Yes. And you, talking about you as you and I, you being dead in your sins. See, Colossians is saying the same thing that we've been talking about and we read in Ephesians. You being dead in your sins and the circumcision of your flesh have he quickened together having forgiven you all trespasses. Let me read that again. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh have he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against you. In other words, the sentence that you were against which you were sentenced, which was contrary to us. In other words, that's not what God intended for us. And took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. What I'm saying is that the and writing of condemnation was not what God intended for us. So he blotted it, that out. Look at verse number 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers. Principalities and powers is talking about the activities of the kingdom of darkness. The, the ranks, different ranks and um, operations of the kingdom of darkness. The word spoil means to um to expose really so he exposed principalities and powers and he made a show of them openly in other words he embarrassed them how did that happen what did he do jesus led an invasion in hell and what the devil thought he had for life he yanked it away from the devil and gave it to the church. So in Matthew, Jesus said, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven because you have the authority. But although he said that in Matthew, I am saying to you, it was not activated until his resurrection. Because it is his 
It was his resurrection that caused it to come into effect where we could have power over death. So he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. Praise God. That's what Jesus did. He made a show of them openly. He embarrassed them. So after he did that, he couldn't just keep that in the realm of the spirit. Here is the power of the resurrection because it is the resurrection that activated all of these things. So look at what Jesus said in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. Let's read that and close out. Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. When Jesus rose from the dead, it wasn't just a Lazarus kind of resurrection where he's living, but he rose tri triumphantly from the dead. And in verse number 18, Revelations, Chapter 1, Revelations chapter 1, verse 18. Hallelujah. Look, let's look at the NLT version. We're looking at the New Living Translation. He said, I am the living one. I died. But look. I am alive forever and ever. Well, that would be good if he had stopped there. But look what he said. I hold the keys. Where did he get them from? The invasion of hell. He took them away from Satan. And that is why death can't reign over you anymore. He said, I have the keys of death and the grave. He said, I have the keys. Here they are. I have the keys of death and the grave. The King James said, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys. I have them. In other words, that which Adam did and Satan had you in stranglehold over the ages, that is over. I have the keys of death and of hell. It's almost like um, we get a little childish here. So he holds up the keys and it's like, na, 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 na. Look, devil, you, you don't want to come and try and do something about it? Na, 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 na. I have the keys of death and of hell. And I'm alive forevermore. That's why now Paul wrote to the church in Corinthian and was almost Corinthian in Corinth, sorry, and was almost mocking them. Death, where is thy sting? Where is your sting, death? Why? Because na 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 na. Jesus took the keys 
and rose triumphantly. In Revelation 1 verse 18, he said something important I want to just speak to. I am he that liveth and was dead. And he said, behold, I am alive forevermore. Now that is significant. Remember we said at the beginning that the only way that you can get a king out of power is for the king to die. So Jesus rose with the keys of death. And then he said, I am alive forevermore. So in other words, I want you to know, just in case you have any questions, that I can't die. So I'm king forevermore. And no king can invade my space. So you are set free forever. You are set free you can walk in victory forevermore over death. What an awesome God. The resurrection sealed all of it. I am he that liveth and was dead. I'm not dead anymore. I'm alive forevermore. That speaks to the resurrection. So you are free. And the Bible says, who the son set free is free indeed. Why would you want to stay in death when you have the opportunity of life? So let me tell you something. Even when death comes because of the nature of this life, for us to transition to the next life, the only route to go is through death. But when you get done Fulfilling your purpose on earth. That's the only time you will encounter death if you walk in the Lord. And it's not to hold you. It's not to um, have a stranglehold on your life. It's just to help transition you from this life to the next life. We pass from death to life in terms of from Adam transgression to life in God. But the next phase of the transition is that we will go from life to life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are an awesome God. Father, we praise you. I want you to close your eyes. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and ensure you have a great day.